Rejoice! I think that word sometimes is lessened a little bit. Rejoice, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Jesus is born, Savior came, everything was in darkness a while ago, and now we have the light, whatever, it's fine. It's Christmas, Santa, it's a busy time. Rejoice! Sorry, I need to wake you guys up, (laughs) because it's late. But sometimes we hear this word rejoice, and it loses its sting, it loses its magnitude. And hopefully, we can regain that tonight In this celebration, we observe the great joy of this light of our salvation made present in a small child. One of the great paradoxes, the Savior of the universe, so small and so vulnerable and so humble. To do this, I'd like us to start off with a meditation. So I encourage you, uh, if you feel comfortable, to close your eyes, to not fall asleep, (laughs) And to just let the thoughts and uh, echoes of the day drip away. Maybe take a deep breath. Okay. Now I want you to imagine yourself outside. Maybe in a deserty area, there's some rocks kind of elevated almost on a hill. You're sitting on a rock, and I want you to imagine. On this rock, you can feel the texture of it. It's a, little, it's a little rough. It's cold. And as you're sitting there, you look around and you see that you're surrounded by many sheep and a couple fellow shepherds. Maybe you know a few of them. You work together. You see each other. It's late at night. You can feel and smell the cold, crisp air. A couple of the shepherds are gathered around a small fire trying to keep warm, maybe a little bit of small talk, some murmuring. And off in the distance, you hear the telltale sounds of a busy city late at night, slowly dimming over time as everyone prepares to go to sleep. And then, out of nowhere, an explosion of light. And a bright figure appears out of nowhere in the midst of the darkness. You're blinded by this light as this figure appears. And immediately you are surprised and fear and panic begin to swell in your heart. You don't know what this is. You don't know where it came from. It's not threatening, just surprising. And you hear the voice say, do not be afraid. The voice continues, for behold, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all people. This intrigues you. And he goes on to explain that the Messiah, the one you have been waiting for, the one your people has been waiting for, the light in the midst of the darkness is finally here. And your heart swells with joy and excitement. Never mind that you're a lowly shepherd. Never mind how random this seems. That it's finally come. The great news has come to you. That suffering and death and sin will now be put to death themselves. And the Savior is here. The great symbolism, the great realization of God's love is here. And as your heart swells with joy, the single figure is joined by a multitude 
of similar angels who give glory to God for the Savior has been born. Now I want you to open your eyes. Imagining this, imagining what it must have been like to have that joy the shepherds had, that unexpected experience of joy in the dark quiet of that night as they were unexpectedly given the greatest news that anyone had ever received. Today we celebrate this joy. We acknowledge that great gift of our joy that exists today as a greater joy than anything we've ever experienced. And as we gather in the darkness of tonight, as we gather in the darkness of the world, we gather here in hope and joy to experience this light and to celebrate it. Unfortunately, we may lose sight of this great joy, but we gather to have this great benefit of celebrating specifically the joy of the Incarnation, the joy of our Savior's birth, to rekindle that flame of joy and excitement and faith in the celebration of Christmas. So let's explore this a little bit, especially as we have heard this gospel today. Gospel itself meaning good news, the great news of our salvation. So we hear in the gospel of this setting, Bethlehem, we hear that there is a census being taken by, uh, by Caesar for the purpose of further control, for further taxation, there, more organized taxation, more effective taxation of the different uh, conquered colonies of Rome. And for uh, Joseph, he has to return to his hometown for the census so that he's accounted for and taxed. And it's interesting because this sets up the darkness of the world, especially for the Israelites. They're under the thumb of the Roman Empire. Everything seems pretty dire. But it's incredible how the Lord works through this. He uses even this uh, corruptibility, this darkness in the world. He moves through it and works through it to bring about our Lord. How fitting then that our Lord would be born in Bethlehem. And to see how he was born in the most humble of circumstances. You wouldn't expect the Son of God, the Messiah, to be born in such a crummy environment. There was no room in the house for the birth of Jesus. So he was delivered in a cave that acted as a stall for animals. You can go here today where we believe uh, the cave to have been, the actual nativity, in the church in the nativity, and you can go down and actually uh, venerate that spot where we believe um, for many, 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 many centuries that our Lord was born. This cave that Christians come from all over the world to venerate because of its great significance, that it was there that our Lord was born. And we see Jesus himself after he is born in this stinky cave acting as a stable. He was wrapped in swaddling clothes, a symbol of humility, a small pink wet baby. A little baby that needed to be swallowed in clothes just so he could be warm. To have his limbs bound so that they wouldn't flip around frantically as babies' limbs do and so that he could sleep. To think of this great symbol of humility for our Savior. And then where was he laid to rest but in a manger used to feed the animals? A nasty, gross manger used to feed beasts. The lowest of the low. 
This calls to mind, however, the words of the prophet Isaiah who said, An ox knows his owner, and a donkey its master's manger. But Israel does not know. And here we have the Savior being born, the most important person, the protagonist of history, entering into the world through this birth. And who is there? But Mary and Joseph, of course, and some animals, a donkey and an ox. Here the Savior, the Messiah, is born, but the people of Israel are not present to welcome him. Seriously. It is just the lowly animals. To see creation itself observe the entrance of our Lord into history into a time and place specifically, showing that beautiful and incredible love that God has for us. And in this, we have a very striking image. We have it here presented in front of the altar, the nativity scene, also known as a creche. And we see it's very striking, and in many ways, it represents the now but not yet of our salvation. We celebrate the joy of our Lord entering into the world, entering into the literal muck and gross nastiness of the world for our sake. This bright shining light in the midst of darkness. We also see here, a child wrapped in swaddling clothes, laid in a manger in a cave, who would one day be laid in a tomb, hewn out of rock like a cave, wrapped in the garments of a corpse. Christ humbled himself, took on our flesh, And by his conception and birth gave us new life. And by his death put to death the living death of sin and desolation. And through his rising gave us our salvation and this great joy that we have to celebrate. Not in the past, not in tomorrow, but at this moment today. So then we go back to the shepherds, which we started with in our meditation. And it's interesting to think about the shepherds of all people the Lord could have been presented to. The Lord could have been born in front of. Who who would have heard the great news of the incredible uh, entrance of our Lord. But it's the shepherds, one of the lowliest in society, who are chosen. The shepherds who are then elevated in scripture as their profession is used to describe the very ministry, the very action of Jesus Christ. As the great and the good shepherd. Here also we have the sheep nearby being herded, likely to be used for ritual sacrifice in the temple. They were so close to the town, they would have often been, uh, Bethlehem, they would have probably been used as ritual sacrifice. So we have again this image and this fittingness of our Lord's mission, why he is here, why he's entered into the world, and why he would be revealed before these shepherds and these sheep. Then to imagine, again, the angel appearing in glory out of nowhere. This great explosion. And the shepherds, I think it's always funny, whenever you see an angel appear before someone, they immediately say, do not be afraid. He said this to Mary. You hear it throughout scripture. It's almost as though if there was some kind of training for angels, that would be the first thing they say. is like, as soon as you show up, just say, don't be afraid, because everyone's going to be freaked out. And then the proclamation of the good news. The gospel, the literal good news, today, the good news is here and now, brothers and sisters. This is what the angel was saying to these shepherds, that they would be the ones to bear witness to this great joy. And then 
the angel mentions these two symbols of humility, the swaddling clothes and the manger. And then after that, basically they say, go for it. It's here, he's here, get excited, get pumped. And then the whole army of angels shows up to rejoice and to basically verify the fact that this is a big deal, guys. you got to get there now. Go. We can imagine the haste with which those shepherds, probably perhaps even abandoning their flock, ran to find the Savior. So brothers and sisters, as we gather here tonight, and as we continue this liturgy, this celebration of our great joy, I encourage us to not leave it behind in the church, but to allow it to be that bright light that shines within our hearts as we go forth into the night and allow it to sustain us, especially as we experience any darkness or sadness, knowing that we have been saved, that we've been pulled out of the darkness of the world. We've been giving this great and joyous realization, this gift of God's love for us. Amen.